0: Years after audiences first heard this theme song for the sitcom Happy Days, we're still humming along to it. The show first premiered on January 15, 1974, and ran for 11 seasons, with a total of 255 episodes. Set in Milwaukee, Happy Days centered around Richie Cunningham, played by Ron Howard, his family, and his high school friends, with Fonzie being one of the most notable characters, of course. Milwaukee has a mixed relationship with Happy Days, and its cultural impact. Archer Parquette wrote all about it in this month's Milwaukee Magazine in honor of the show's 50th. Archer joins me now. Hey, welcome back to Lake Effect.
1: Hi, thank you for having me.
0: So I want to take us back to 2008, just before the bronze Fonz was going to be unveiled. While it's generally known that Henry Winkler is a lovely, genuine person, we do love him here in Milwaukee. Some people in Milwaukee were not so excited about his likeness being a part of our city's landscape. Why was that?
1: Yeah, it can be a little bit difficult to remember now that it's been so many years and the, the statue has become just sort of a part of the Milwaukee cultural landscape, Um, But at the time, there was actually quite a bit of controversy. Um, So Visit Milwaukee uh, sponsored the the statue. And uh, at the time, the idea was that it would promote some tourism in Milwaukee by uh, setting up this sort of cultural figure. Um, But a lot of folks in Milwaukee, especially in the fine art community, thought it was a little bit kitsch that it sort of took away from the real cultural scene in Milwaukee, um, you know, with the Milwaukee Art Museum being nearby. Um, So there was quite a bit of debate about, first off, where it would be located, to avoid taking away from other artistic things, and then about whether we even wanted it at all. Um, and if you look back at the Journal Sentinel at the time, there were uh, op eds and letters to the editor that get you know surprisingly vicious about um, the statue. One that I uh, quoted in uh, the story I wrote for Milwaukee Magazine was said that the bronze fawns is a symbol of how backwards the city is and the decisions that people are making, which you know kind of cuts a little bit deeper than you expect from a Henry Winkler statue. Um, but yeah, it was, it ended up being, uh, about a year of sort of back and forth controversy over it before, uh, in 2008, it was finally unveiled.
0: Yeah. Now I feel like we pass by it and we like, oh, look, there it is. So it's not really uh, a hot topic now.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, one piece that came out at the time that, uh, I think sort of hit the nail on the head was by, uh, Jim Stingle, columnist for the journal Sentinel. Um, he said that uh, the statue won't solve all the city's problems, but then again, it won't worsen them either. It's just a bit of harmless fun. And I think that's pretty much proven itself to be the case.
0: Absolutely. So you did a lot of deep dive into Happy Days on its 50th anniversary for this piece. But before you were going into this and researching, what was your impression or feeling about Happy Days?
1: Um, Yeah, I'm a bit younger than the folks who grew up um, watching it. But I did actually watch quite a bit of it when I was a kid. Uh, My parents were fans of it back when it was airing. um, And so it was we watched quite a few reruns. I have a very strong memory of Fonzie. Um, I think, like everyone who watched the show, Fonzie sort of was the standout. And for, you know, a little boy, it's sort of like, well, man, I hope I can grow up to be like Fonzie one day. But yeah, I I enjoyed it. Um, I think... There's a lot of universality in it that, you know, a kid today can still sort of see what's funny about the group of teenagers.
0: Yeah, it's definitely the family and the group of teenagers that is the center of the show and not so much Milwaukee. You know, Milwaukee as a whole, we have kind of a mixed relationship with Happy Days. But before we get into that whole thing, let's start with the decision to set the show in Milwaukee. And I say set with air quotes very loosely. <laughs> Why'd they pick Milwaukee?
1: Yeah. So I think using air quotes there is very fitting. Anyone from Milwaukee who's seen the show uh, pretty much knows it's, an, it's not much of a Milwaukee show. Um, so the show was created by Gary Marshall, who was, he passed away in 2020. Uh, he was a legendary TV producer. He was behind The uh, Odd Couple, among many more shows. And in the early 70s, he wanted to create sort of a more family values type of show, sort of a nostalgic 50s piece. Um, And he filmed a pilot with Ron Howard and Anson Williams, who went on to play Potsy in Happy Days. Um, But the network that he pitched it to, ABC, uh, didn't think it was worth picking up, and so it was just shelved. But then in 1973, George Lucas's American Graffiti uh, made a huge amount of money at the box office. And at the same time, Grease was on Broadway. So there was this trend of 50s nostalgia pieces doing really well. uh, And the network went back to Gary Marshall and asked him, could you try to do something new with this uh, 50-set story that you had worked on? So he, along with two other producers, uh, Ed Milkus and Tom Miller, who's the most important one for the Milwaukee Connection, um, got together to uh, create this new show that would be set in the 50s and take advantage of this sort of moment that the culture was having. Um, But they didn't know where they were going to set it. So I talked to Anson Williams a little bit about this. Uh, He told me a funny story that seems very apocryphal, but he said that they flipped a coin to decide where it was going to be set. Ed Milkis was from Los Angeles. Gary was from New York and Tom was from Milwaukee. Um, and so they were deciding between the three. Um, another explanation I've heard was that Gary initially wanted it set in his hometown in New York, but the network thought uh, New York would be too ethnic, too urban, and that it wouldn't capture the Midwest feel that the show was going for. Um, So they ended up going with Tom's hometown of Milwaukee. And for a little more on on Tom Miller, who obviously is the reason it ended up here. He was born in the city, he grew up in in Whitefish Bay. Um, He was actually in the first graduating class of Nicolette High School. And then he went to UW-Madison to study drama. And then after that, he moved to Los Angeles and and started working in television. And he was uh, pretty much responsible for everything Milwaukee in the show. He also has passed away, but I spoke to a number of the cast members who mentioned sort of his love for his hometown and that he tried to lace that in where he could.
0: Yeah, there's small components where it's laced in like college banners, jackets, that sort of thing. But, you know, there's never a a huge strong sense of place, at least to my eyes. But correct me if I'm wrong, but did the show even shoot any B-roll here in Milwaukee? What are some stark and obvious things about the city in the 1950s that really doesn't get represented in Happy Days.
1: No, as far as I'm aware, um, nothing was ever shot here. So obviously all the interiors in Happy Days were shot on a soundstage in uh, Los Angeles, but even the exterior shots where in other shows you might expect a uh, skyline of where it's set or a street shot were also, we're not from Milwaukee. Um, the Cunningham home was a house in, in LA about a few blocks from where they were shooting the actual show. So really there was um, not much representation for Milwaukee. Uh, One person I spoke to for the story was uh, Michael Newman, who's a professor at UW Milwaukee, who actually wrote an article about the show um, about 12 years ago. And the way he put it was that uh, Milwaukee was really more of a negation of place than a place itself, which is a very uh, academic way to put it. But um, the idea is that it's a stand-in for Midwestern family values, sort of ideals, as opposed to uh, an actual place. I also spoke to um, John Gerda for this story, who, if you don't know, is sort of the preeminent historian in the city. Um, And he was growing up in the 50s. So he was uh, saw sort of the time when he grew up when the show aired. And uh, he says that uh, he never saw anything of His experience reflected in the show, which is kind of a universal thing when, if you talk to anyone in Milwaukee who grew up in the 50s. Yeah,
0: and there's one thing in particular I want to debunk. I'm on the South Side, I live by Leon's Custard, and everyone always associates Leon's Custard with Happy Days. But to my memory, there's no shots of Leon's Custard. Like maybe the design is the most 1950s, but does it have any true association with the show?
1: So there's a little bit of a yes and no to that answer. Um, so Leon's no was not the inspiration for the drive-in in happy days. Um, it's not featured in happy days. The reason from what I've heard that it developed this um, very persistent myth that it is the drive-in in happy days is because of all the drive-ins in Milwaukee, it arguably looks the most fifties. If there was one that was going to be in happy days, it would be that one. But there is some truth to the drive-in idea in happy days. So Tom Miller, who I mentioned earlier, the producer on the show, He was a frequenter at the Milky Way drive-in in in Glendale during the fifties. It no longer exists. It was torn down, but it's now uh, the location of the Glendale cops. So that um, was a very close model for what ended up being Arnold's in happy days. And from um, most of the folks I spoke to that drive-in and the uh, culture around it, especially around teenagers and hanging out around there uh, was actually very authentic to the experience in Milwaukee.
0: So we've kind of established that the show doesn't really reflect the Milwaukee of the time. Um, You know, and being set in 1950s, Nostalgia Land definitely gave people an escape to the national time of protests. There was housing marches here in Milwaukee, Vietnam, all these things. But was Happy Days just kind of following the trend of harnessing that power of nostalgia when it aired during such a tumultuous time?
1: In many ways, yes, it was. So if you want to see sort of why Happy Days was so successful, like you said, it's useful to look to the 60s um, right before it aired in um, the early 70s. The 60s, like you mentioned, were full of all these tumultuous events in civil rights and then gender equality and the war in Vietnam. And it sort of shook up America in many ways, especially folks who maybe were a little more comfortable in the 50s. Um, So it created this market for people who wanted to go back to a time that they could sort of look on nostalgically as being uh, more simple without these um, almost confusing and alarming social events that were going everywhere. And at the same time, in the late 60s and very early 70s, uh, TV was leaning into that counterculture. There were shows like uh, All in the Family or MASH. Some of them were expressly anti-war, There were uh, political debates going on on screen. Um, All in the family, for one, had the very conservative Archie Bunker, was always arguing with his son-in-law. So these sort of uncomfortable things that were happening in reality were not escapable in many of these shows. Um, And Happy Days sort of dove far in the other direction to give people that uh, comfort food television.
0: And I suppose comfort food definitely factors into the show's longevity.
1: Uh, I think absolutely. Yeah, I think both as just sort of something that people have enjoyed for years. Um, One thing that Gary Marshall said uh, in an interview was that his goal for the show was that parents and kids could watch it together. So in the sort of anodyne nature of it is built in something that uh, multi-generations can enjoy together. And I think that, I mean, even for me personally, in the uh, early 2000s, watching it with my parents, um, it was something that could still be enjoyed when sort of other media maybe wouldn't make as much sense. So I think the family friendliness, the uh, anodyne nature sort of has kept it uh, going for years now. Um, and I don't think I mentioned this, but with this being the fiftieth anniversary, it is remarkable that we're still discussing happy days. I mean, there's very few sitcoms of that time that have had that kind of longevity.
0: That's very true. And, you know, over the course of this last 50 years, Milwaukee has obviously changed a lot. So do you think we're at a point where our association with Happy Days no longer hinders or really impacts our sense of identity?
1: I think we are very much heading in that direction. I think from the folks that I've talked to, um, some folks who were around when Happy Days was airing have a little bit more of a wariness about it. They feel that sort of, this isn't Milwaukee. I don't like that we're the city everyone knows for happy days younger folks are not so much it's more of a fun fact that this show uh was set here and you know the fawns was here and we have his statue um i think milwaukee is and i'm far from the first person to say it but has really been sort of coming into its own in recent years uh, experiencing something of a, a renaissance and all those folks who were sort of arguing about if culture would be sidelined by the bronze fawns being uh, set up on the Riverwalk. Clearly, it hasn't. Culture's really had a boom in that decade since the the statue went up.
0: Well, maybe we can campaign and see if a statue of Laverne and Shirley would get the same reaction, because that shows probably a little more accurate to what we were then.
1: <laughs> yeah, yep, definitely. Laverne and Shirley working at a uh, shots brewery.
0: Awesome. Well, Archer, thanks so much for joining me to talk happy days and you know keep that longevity going fifty years on. Definitely. Thank you. Ready to- Archer Parkett is the managing editor at Milwaukee Magazine. You can read his article on the 50th anniversary of Happy Days and if those days were really all that happy in this month's issue of Milwaukee Magazine.